the Business Buzz Podcast. The Business, the Business Buzz, Buzz with Mugiwa Mokjustice Gabaza. Good day and welcome to the Business Buzz for a weekly dose of business, finance and economics news right here on Fitz Radio. That is VOW FM um, 88.1, broadcasting live from our studios in Bramfontein, Johannesburg. My name is Mdiwa Mob Justice Gavaza and I'll be your host for today's show. Now, who's to say that the world of business can't be entertaining? Definitely make sure you hold on to your seats as we seek to keep you entertained, educated and intrigued about the world of business. Now, for today... We are talking about uh, wealth planning um, within uh, the COVID-19 context and in a COVID-19 environment. Uh, that's what we're going to be talking about because there has been some reports um, of a trend going on where people are cashing out uh, some of their retirement benefits as a way to cope um, with the expenses of day-to-day life in and around the country. And we're just going to be talking about what this actually means uh, some of the implications on retirement funds and just about uh, general savings as uh, people go through this tough time. And to help us to navigate this topic, we are going to be speaking to Gugu Sidaki, who is a director and wealth planner at uh, WealthCrete, which is a wealth management and financial planning practice. So that's how the show is going to be looking like for today. Also coming up, we're also going to be getting into uh, the business uh, wrap. That's a part of the show where we give you a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news. And then we get into the state of your 100 rand in our Buffalo Index. Now, remember that you can find us online. Um, that is Facebook. Uh, you can find us on Vow FM. That's Voice of Vits. Our other Facebook page is Vits Radio Academy. On Twitter, we're at Vow FM. And then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. And remember that you can still stream the station live on vowfm.co.za. And remember that podcasts of the Business Buzz show are available on vis.journalism.co.za forward slash business. You can also search for us on iono.fm. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, or where you choose to listen to your podcasts. So that's how the show is looking like. Make sure you stay right here. Don't turn that down. This is 88.1 FM. Business Rap with Ken Sweatman. It's time for us to get into the business wrap. That's a part of the show where we give you a roundup of the week's top trading business and economics news. And we're joined on the line by financial expert, Ken Swettenham. Ken, greetings to you. Hey, good day. How are you keeping today? <laughs> no, no, no. We've been all right on this end. I think um, it hasn't been a terribly, you know, exciting um, week as much as, you know, previous weeks. Uh, there was no there was no speech from the president or anything like that. Um, but for you in the markets or anything like that, what's uh, what's going on? Well, I suppose it's it's a question of looking forwards. We, we've got the midterm budget speech coming up next week. It was due to be held, of course, on, on Wednesday this week, and it was postponed uh, by a week to next week, Wednesday, the 28th of October. This is where Tito Mbaweni, our finance minister, 
basically builds on not only his budget from February, but the, the, the speech he gave in June as well, taking into account the COVID-19 lockdowns. When he builds on that and he builds on the president's economic recovery plan and, and hopefully puts more meat on the bones for us so we know what to expect in the future and, and over the next few months until uh, the main budget again in February next year. So that's certainly something to look forward to. But as you say, there's, there's nothing driving at, at the moment. It will, will change, of course. There's nothing driving the economic world right now. Now, um, even our indices all seem to be relatively stable. There's nothing, nothing really pushing them up or, or down. Just to quickly talk, I mean, the, the dollar is doing reasonably well at 16.24. The British pound is at 21.20. That's way down from the 23s it was trading at a, a couple of months ago. The euro is at 19.16. The, the JSC index was down a percent yesterday, but it's held reasonably steady around just under 55,000, the index. So there's no great drive of our stock market or, or, or the, the indices at the moment. Um, it, it, it's almost, uh, one could say, a, a boring economic few days, in fact. <laughs> And then I think the the other thing you know would be keen to get uh, you know your thoughts on just around the economy is how have you found um, the transition to level one being um, are things uh, back to normal as far as you can see or are there you know some ways to go like you said it's uh, you know we have we have a couple of things to look forward to like that budget speech but um, just from your general observation how have you found um, the switch now down to level one well well let's be honest i think we all feel it things are just about back to normal for a lot of us um there, there are obviously things that, that we still can't do we still can't buy alcohol over weekends for example there's still restrictions on gatherings and you know things things like that which which are still remind us that there's that there is still a lockdown going on and of course everywhere you go people are in the main seem to be wearing their masks and complying but the only thing i've personally noticed and uh, and i do occasionally go to local shopping centers is that there does seem to be a far fewer people in, in our big malls um, the biggest mall closest to where i live is Menland shopping center in in pretoria and certainly that is a huge mall and uh, there's quite a few shops closed in that mall. There's certainly not as many people wandering around the mall as, as there used to be. And I think that is a sign of the economic hardship that a lot of our population are feeling. If you if you haven't got money, you're not going to go out shopping. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind that the retail sector will probably feel the pinch uh, over, over not only the current period, but going forwards over the next few months as well until uh, the, the economy starts picking up. And, and we can only hope that uh, the president's economic recovery plan, which will involve creation of jobs, uh, that, that starts happening sooner rather than later because we need people working and we need people earning and we need people spending their money to, to get this economy uh, moving again. So there's certainly there's certainly signs that the, 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 economic, the economy has started turning, but it's not back to where it was. So that, that's certainly my view. So there are signs that the economy is turning, but, uh, you know, it's not where um, it uh, was before um, we got into the lockdown. That's us with uh, Ken Swettenham just giving us some insight into the weeks, uh, into the week in the economy, um, just highlighting the fact that in terms of uh, things to look forward to, we've got that midterm budget speech by uh, Finance Minister Tito Mboweni that's coming up, and uh, we should be looking out to see how they're going 
going to be uh, reconciling some of the wishes of the president um, in his economic recovery plan versus um, what uh, the actual fiscus can actually do and uh, do they have the funds to do it. All of these questions we'll be looking forward to seeing next week. Uh, So that's been it on the other side of this. We continue with the show. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. Business Rap with Ken Sweatman. The Buffalo Index on the Business Buzz. In our Buffalo Index, we aim to educate about what your 100 Rand or Buffalo can do for you. And for today, we are going on a trip around the world to see uh, what your Buffalo can do for you in the currency markets. We haven't done this one in a while. So looking at it right now, your uh, Buffalo can get you uh, $6.17. That is on the US dollar front. You can get uh, £5.72p. That's um, in the UK, you can get uh, forty-one nineteen. Um, that is uh, that is uh, Chinese yuan, and you can also get yourself six hundred and forty-five uh, Japanese yen, and then you can end off with uh, five euro twenty-two cents. That's what your one hundred rand can do for you um, in the currency markets. And uh, since we are talking about wealth taxes, these are some of the things that uh, you can think about because one of the ways that people you know try to protect themselves is by investing in currencies in different parts of the world so you can evaluate what can your buffalo do for you um, in uh, getting some uh, hedging um, in uh, different countries and in different currencies the only other one to consider is uh, probably maybe the australian dollar maybe the swiss franc or wherever you think that you're going to get some good um, value going forward so that's been it uh, that's been the buffalo index for today on the other side of this we get into the main topic the buffalo index on the business bus on the business bus in our main topic for today, we are talking about uh, wealth planning during COVID-19. Uh, as we said at the start of the show, uh, there has been a trend where people have been forced to cash out uh, for some of their retirement funds to actually um, live. And at the same time, uh, people are considering the, um, where they lie when it comes to wealth planning, given the financial and economic devastation of, uh, of COVID-19. So that's, a, that's the conversation we're going to be having been talking about um, some of the plans that people can actually put in place uh, some of the roles of retirement funds and also just questioning whether retirement as a whole is something that is realistic uh, for people to actually be planning for because there has been some um, criticism of it but at the same time outside of that just how can you protect yourself when it comes to finances remember that you can keep in touch with us joining the conversation on Facebook we have our film that's Voice of Vids you can also find our other Facebook page that is Vitz Radio Academy. On Twitter, we're at, we're at FM, and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. And to help us to unpack, maybe, you know, give, you know, some sense around some of these issues and how you should be thinking about your own uh, financial planning. Uh, we're joined uh, by Gugusidaki, uh, who is uh, the director, a director and wealth planner at Wealth Creed, which is a wealth management and financial planning practice. Google greetings to you. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me this morning. Oh, sorry, this afternoon. I need to remember my time. 
I think uh, I think a good place for us to start is you know just getting a sense from you um, just just around this is it really something that people are doing are people cashing out their retirement benefits pension plans and all of that just to make due or you know are we you know making a, a mountain out of a molehill is it really something that people are doing right now Yes, it definitely is happening. Um, in fact, our practice has been involved in quite a large, one of the large institutions in South Africa. Uh, we've been assisting them with one of their retrenchment processes. And with retrenchment, your, your retirement funds then become available to you. So you have the option to either cash out everything and depending on the quantum, so depending on how much um, is available, you either get uh, taxed on it or not. Uh, you also have the option to commute those funds to either a retirement annuity or a preservation fund. And so because, I mean, obviously in this particular case, um, these particular individuals have not had an income for a number of months and they're not being retrenched. So they are they are in dire straits and, and one way to plug um, a lot of the holes that they've had in the last few months in terms of a loss of income is to use their retirement money um, to, to fund their lifestyles. And, and this is quite common. It, and and it's, I think it's, got, it's something that's going to continue to happen given, given the landscape at the moment. Um, I guess the, the real question is, uh, is it advisable? Uh, I'm sure that everyone's circumstances are different. And, I've, you know, the, I've actually seen one or two cases where someone has actually used those those funds that have been made available to them and has actually been able to invest or start a business at which, you know, went far. In other cases, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a disaster. But as far <laughs> but as, far as uh, your experience, goes uh you know where do you sit on that yeah look um as as a prudent um financial advisor i I would always um caution against using your retirement money to to fund your lifestyle or to start a business but obviously as you said people's financial circumstances are different um there are instances where people as you said have been able to make an absolute success of of their businesses or whatever initiatives that they've started with their pension money it does happen but um you know we we need to to separate money that you that you make in terms of your vocation and money that you that you secure for your financial future the two should be separated the strategies that you employ um to maximize those those two pots of assets um if you will should be very different um it's it's the old um classic saying that never put your eggs in one basket you don't necessarily want your retirement money to be part of your business um to be part of the work that you do on a daily basis because it, it, it increases the risks quite a bit I think it would also then help right now if we take maybe a step back because I think what you're touching on is very important that, um, you know, the money that someone is living on on a day-to-day basis versus what they're going to have in the future should be kept separate. And for a lot of people that do work, you know, your money is split in those ways. Um, so maybe you could... Um, maybe decipher and i use the word decipher because i don't think um a lot of us that work um truly understand you know how some of these funds actually work you mentioned retirement annuity all of that how you know how are those different um what are the different options because they seem to be pension plans some people have retirement annuities and uh, how do they differ sure 
Um, so you essentially have three options regarding saving for your retirement, um, actual invest, um, retirement investment vehicles. Um, you have a pension fund, you have a provident fund, and you have a retirement annuity. Um, pension and provident funds are similar. Um, the difference is that with a pension fund, when you retire, you, you cannot cash in all of that money. You have access to up to a third of that money that you built up over time, and then the balance is, is, is meant to pay you a pension. Um, until you pass away or until that money runs out. With a provident fund, um, the difference is that at retirement, you have the option to take everything. Um, and then with, with pension and provident funds, to be a member of a pension and a provident fund, there needs to be an employer and employee relationship. So in other words, you need to be employed by somebody or by an institution where you then contribute towards that retirement fund. With a retirement annuity, um, there is the, the rules are similar um, governing pension and, and provident funds. The difference there is that there is no need for an employer-employee relationship, so anybody can can open a retirement annuity and start contributing towards those funds. Um, the, 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 the additional rule with a retirement annuity is very similar to a pension fund in that at retirement, um, you can only access up to a third of that money in cash. The balance, which is two-thirds, then has to pay you a pension on a monthly basis those actually sound like very it's i think it sounds similar when when someone hears it for the first time but when you really think about it 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 really does sound quite different and the point of clarity that i think you know i'm i'm thinking about right now is um when a person is formally employed is it necessarily compulsory i guess labor law pension all of those things because you spoke about rules is it necessarily um, compulsory for a person to be contributing to some type of a retirement fund um companies work differently i mean there are institutions that don't have um a a retirement fund structure where you you'll find a company will Will, will give you the funds that they would have contributed towards a retirement structure for you to be able to go contribute or to open a retirement annuity on your own elsewhere. So it depends on, it, it differs from company to company, but generally speaking, um, most institutions would would have a retire, some sort of retirement structure and you would be compelled to belong to one of those structures. And what's and for for the actual contributions, what's a what's a good amount to be spending? You know, people like formulas. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, so legally, or, or in terms of regulation, right? You you and your employer can contribute towards your retirement funds, and um, some retirement some institutions will contribute one hundred percent of your of your. Um, of your contributions themselves as in the funds can come directly from the company and you don't necessarily have to contribute towards that with some institutions it's 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 done jointly where you contribute a portion and they contribute a portion um so it, it really depends in terms of how much you should be contributing it's a function of your age it's a function of when you start contributing and it's also a function of how those funds are invested right um in order to to get the maximum tax benefits of a retirement product, right? You can contribute, a, you're allowed to contribute a maximum of, of, of 27.5% of your remuneration or taxable income towards a retirement structure, where that 27.5% will then be deductible from, for, for, for tax purposes, if, if that makes sense. So if I can give it to you in terms of RANDs, um, in, in order to explain it a little bit more clearly, if you earn, for example, 100 RANDs, right, on an annual basis, you can contribute 
um, any amount. It's, it's completely up to you. But in order to get the maximum, I mean, the maximum tax benefit of your contributions towards your retirement annuity or retirement product, you would contribute twenty seven and a half percent. So in other words, a hundred minus twenty seven and a half percent would then give you seventy two rands and fifty cents. That seventy two rands and fifty cents would then become your taxable income. You get taxed on that. The twenty seven and a half percent would form part of your retirement contributions. I don't know if that makes sense. So you can contribute up to 27.5%, which is tax deductible. That's actually very interesting because you often hear of, uh, I guess, a lot of organizations um, and just talking to young professionals out there, you hear of the, I think a lot of contributions you're hearing, um, 2.5% being uh, on the side of the employee and then 2.5% being matched by the employer. Correct. Correct. And, you know, it's so unfortunate. Um, it's, it's, it's great that you're raising that point. It's unfortunate people actually don't don't realize the implications of those contributions. Uh, people don't even know, you know, at, at what level they're contributing towards their retirement products until it's actually too late. You know, a lot of the time people actually take their statements during times like these, for example, you know, whether whether they get retrenched or whether it's, it's, it comes time to, to them actually getting closer to retirement. And that's when they realize that they haven't been contributing enough um towards their retirement products so it's just good practice i mean to to chat to your hr to chat to the financial advisor that's actually advising the institution that you work for and to find out exactly how much is is being contributed towards your retirement products and and for you to consider in fact it's you should consider um increasing your retirement products if you haven't breached that 27.5 percent um contribution level so we're talking to Gugu. She is a wealth management and a financial planning expert. And she is talking to us about wealth planning during this COVID-19 time. We're just going to take a quick break and we'll be back on the other side of this. COVID Biz Watch. COVID Biz Watch. On, on the Business Buzz. In our COVID Business Watch, we seek to look at the impact of COVID-19 on various businesses in and around South Africa. And this week, um, our producer, Slim, Lim CB spoke to uh, Lepulana Shai, who is the founder of Adorable Creations. Lepulana is about 22 years old from Limpopo, a biochemistry and microbiology graduate, uh, currently pursuing postgraduate studies at uh, Fitz Business School. Uh, she believes uh, that it's up to one to create uh, their own opportunities and destiny, and this is actually what led um, to her formation uh, for the e-commerce store called Adorable Creations in 2019. Um, here's what she had to say about her business. And remember that you can find her on Facebook or Instagram. It's at uh, adorable underscore creations. The reason why I chose to start a kid's um, e-commerce store was that I saw that there's a shift in consumer buying and um, consumers are showing a preference for e-commerce as it's as it it's very convenient and then I realized that it's very convenient mostly for mothers who are able to shop from wherever they are and it gives them enough time to spend time with their loved one but still get them the products that they want uh, delivered to their doors so that was one of the the reason why I chose to start this kind of business another reason was that I saw that good quality and um, very cute kids at clothing are very expensive, are very pricey for most people. So I saw that I can be able to to 
to give um, a service where the kids' clothing that I'm, 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 I'm selling are very affordable and nice at the same time. Um, COVID-19 has affected us negatively initially as we didn't have any income as we were under lockdown. Everyone was at their homes during the first uh, three months of level four and five. So I can say that financially it very, it crippled us, like it, it affected us very negatively. But I can say that at the same time, it gave me enough time to think of the new, um, new uh, goals that I want for the business. And it also gave me new, um, I mean, enough time to, to come up with new marketing strategies on how we are going to reach a customers and turn them into uh, uh, customers of, of our product. And it also gave me enough time to come up with new connected strategy on how we, we, we can build continuous relationship with our customers in order for us to gain a competitive advantage. And my advice that I would give to people who are running business and um, the COVID-19 time and this unpredictable time is that they need to to make calculated financial risk. And at this time, nothing is promised. And as you can see that the global markets, uh, our rent is, is is not doing well. So you need to, to, to take risks that are very uh, calculated. You need to have strategies that are very flexible and adaptable that you can just um, change them um, depending on what's happening, like the external factors that um, that whatever might be happening outside, and that you 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 just need to to keep promoting your products. You just need to uh, keep your 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 marketing to be very good in order to reach new people. Right now, maybe you people might not be buying because of these conditions but soon enough this uh, conditions might be over so if you keep uh, promoting if you keep um advertising someone under those time they, they will know where to go when the time is right so just keep um advertising and advertising thank you COVID biz watch, COVID biz watch. On, on the business buzz you're tuned in to the business buzz. You're listening to the business buzz, and we are talking to Gugu Sidaki, who is a director and a wealth planner at Wealth Creed, which is a wealth management and financial planning practice. Remember that you can keep in touch with us. Let us know what you're thinking of the conversation so far. Um, what do you think of the advice that she is giving to us? Um, let us know on Facebook. We have our firm that's Vessel Vits. Our other Facebook page is Vits Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, we're hashtag Business Buzz and our handle is at ValFM. Uh, Google, I want to take uh, maybe a step back because, you know, one of the base, um, one of the bases of this entire conversation is um everything that's going on right now um in the economy uh so just given your conversation with clients and just some of the work that you that you do what has the last 6 months actually done uh, to people's wealth in south africa it's it's been scary how um people have lost their livelihoods how people are now forced to to become dependent either on the state 
or on on friends and family members it's it's a scary situation to be in and what i say to individuals all the time is that you know if you're still in a position to to have a job and to earn an income you you're one of the fortunate um people to be able to do so and as i said we've been facilitating the retrenchment process of one of the institutions in south africa where where people have where we're seeing it uh where, where people are forced to cash in their retirement funds and the unfortunate thing is you know given what's happening in in given given what's happening in the economy and given the age group of these particular individuals there's a very low probability of them actually making that money back um in time for their retirement because these are individuals who spent their entire lifetime you know their entire careers building up funds in their retirement um uh, investment vehicles and and to cash in a portion of that is actually detrimental for your for your livelihood in retirement it's it's actually quite scary and for young people because we do have you know quite a young audience you know people that are may still be in uh, tertiary education or have already started on their careers young professionals um apart from because it really does sound you you've mentioned it you've touched on it um in different ways you know since we started talking um that starting early you know is is a good place to start but apart from that what are some of the steps that people can actually take to you know be building uh, some type of wealth and protect themselves from becoming desperate um i i wish i i somebody had sat me down um when i started working many many years ago and it's quite ironic because i work in finance i've always worked in finance but um these are some of the things that we take for granted um it's it's just good practice for you to to start saving from the very first rand that you earn and um and what i say to to people all the time is that you don't need a lot of money to make a lot of money you know you just need to be diligent in in terms of how soon um you start putting money away and how consistent you are at putting your funds away um so as soon as you start working so a, a good rule of thumb that we use is that if you start working in your 20s you know you need to be saving a minimum of 15% of your gross income and obviously the later you start the bigger that percentage then has to be in order to to afford you the opportunity to maintain your lifestyle in retirement so if you start let's just say you start um saving towards your retirement in your 30s you would then need to start saving a minimum of 20% of your gross income um and if you start saving in your 40s you can imagine how much you actually need to be contributing towards some sort of investment vehicle in order to to be able to to maintain um your lifestyle in retirement it's at a minimum of 42% 42% minimum i mean if you're starting in the 40s <laughs> and, and you're wanting to retire in your 60s you have to come up with a lot of money um um to get you to that comfortable point the difference is this um if the sooner you start the less money you have to come up with yourself because you have the benefit of youth so time and and then the the, the wonderful um effects of compound growth or compound interest so eventually effectively your money works for you but the later you start it means that you have to physically come up with that money that's going to afford you the lifestyle in your retirement so it means you have to save up a bigger portion of your of your actual money and you don't have the benefit of time and therefore don't have the benefit of compound growth or compound interest yeah guys you need to just start early because some of the <laughs> things the numbers that Google's telling us right now yeah this is this is scary um i guess the other one then uh, sort of related is you know for a lot of consumers uh, we have mobile banking now and on a lot of the apps 
um, that people are using on the consumer side. Um, the financial institutions will offer, you know, tax-free savings accounts and all of these different savings options um, that are inside there. And I thought about it just now when you were talking about uh, the power of compound interest. Is there any credence in using, you know, some of those products or um, are the interest rates just too low for someone to actually use that as a credible savings vehicle? So when, when we meet clients for the first time and when we advise clients, um, one of the first things that we check for is that they have uh, is if they have a, a, a tax-free savings account. It's a wonderful investment vehicle that government has come up with in order to incentivize um, all of us to, to put money away. Um, it has similar benefits to a, a retirement product in that whatever you put in into a tax-free savings account, so whether you, you, you it's just pure cash, money market, whether you invest in stocks and properties and bonds, um, whatever you put into that investment vehicle grows tax-free, right? And the difference between a tax-free investment vehicle and, and a retirement product is that that money is available to you whenever you want it. It's free money, essentially. Um, and we, we highly encourage every single individual who has means to money in, in some form or other um, to, to consider putting funds into a, a tax-free savings account. Now, you, you asked about interest rates. A, a, a tax-free savings account is, is like any other investment vehicle. You're not, you're not forced to keep your money in cash. So, in other words, you can invest in shares, you can invest in bonds, you can invest in listed property where you could potentially get not just um, interest, uh, but also dividends and capital growth. So, it, it really depends what the ultimate investment is within those investment vehicles that will determine the growth of that product or of that investment. You know, the advice that you've just given now that you usually advise people to have these tax-free savings accounts uh, makes one wonder why we aren't getting this advice left, right, and center. Yeah. No, in, in fact, it, we, we should be blasting this on radio, on, on, on television. Everybody should know about all our children, you know, as, as young as, I mean, my children, my children are, are three and five. They both have tax-free savings investments. Um, I contribute towards that whenever I can so that by the time they are of age, they, they can then use that money for, for whatever. And, and as I said to you, they've got the benefit of, they're young enough so that they've got the benefit of time of youth and, and compound interest. So in other words, I don't have to come up with a lot of money um, in those investment vehicles for that money to grow to a level that makes sense. So anybody who's got a child, anybody who's got siblings, and you are able to contribute towards your, your tax-free savings account, we highly encourage that you do that. Uh, Google, as we come to the end of the discussion, I just have uh, two last points uh, that I think our listeners would benefit getting your thoughts on. And the first one, um, Thomas J. Stanley once wrote a very interesting book called uh, The Millionaire Next Door. And uh, he was contra, he, it was a 30 year study, I think a long time of, um, you know, the ways, the relationship and the conversations that people have with and about money, um, you know, in different sectors of society. And he drew, you know, quite a big comparison between uh, families that talk about money and families that don't talk about money, you know. So, you know, you've just brought up the fact that uh, you've got uh, um, these investment vehicles for your kids. So, what would you what would you say about the level of conversation that is being had 
um, about money in South Africa between families? Are people having constructive conversations or are we still at that stage where money is that taboo topic, you know, that voodoo that happens over there and then you just have to discover it on your own? Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's just a South African issue. It's a global issue. I mean, when we when you read articles and when you engage with financial advisors um, across you know, beyond our borders, it's it's the same. People are, are having struggles in, in having conversa- constructive conversations about money. Um, and, and I think it's it's now up to us to to educate ourselves and to to want to change the status quo um, for the next generation. Um, conversations about money are difficult. Um, money is emotional, it's psychological. It, it is so many things and so many different things to, to different people that, you know, it, it, it does, it, it makes sense why it would be difficult to have this kind. I mean, I remember how I grew up, you know, the, the level of conversations about money were always about, you know, it was as far as, you know, we don't have money for that or there isn't enough or whatever it is that you want, simply because our, our parents didn't know, they didn't know any better. But what's encouraging um, is that the, the, the younger generations are seeking um financial advice so they're looking for for individuals such as as us in our practice and and are wanting to to make they're wanting us to facilitate conversations about money with with not just them and their loved ones but extended family members because everybody understands that we cannot continue this way you know we need to build healthier um practices around money we need to build healthier relationships around money and and with our with the people that that are, are important role players in our lives so i I, I think a very first and important step um, when it comes to having conversations about money is to have the conversation. You know, don't, <laughs> don't be secretive about about the money. You know, you know, if you have a partner, you really, if, if there's somebody that you share a life with in one way or another, you need to be sitting down with that person and, and engaging them about how much you make and your expenses and your financial habits so that everybody's on the same you know, sort of paid in, in, in terms of all of that, which which would make life a lot easier for all of us. But yeah, it's a tough one. Like I said, because money is, a, is emotional and it's psychological. So it's a very difficult topic to broach and it's a very difficult conversation to have just on a normal day. But they are happening slowly. It's slow, but it's happening. Yeah, no, it's a it's a very it's a very dire situation, but encouraging, like you said, that uh, you know slowly, you know that status quo is changing. But I'm encouraged by the fact that uh, young people are approaching people like you guys, you know, seeking this financial advice, and hopefully, what it means is that in maybe a decade or two, um, the next generation, you know, the kids of this current generation, will be having more free and open. Um, conversations about the money but as we come to the end uh, my last question you know a, a bit controversial but you know let's let's just go at it like you said we just need to have the conversations um some people you know some economists you know financial planners there's, there's a lot of research that's going into this but there's people that are now maybe deciding against or maybe not against but rethinking the idea of retirement um, simply because uh, people are living for longer and uh, the cost of living in a lot of countries is going up so whatever you're saving now might be affected by inflation all of these things and people are now saying does it really make sense um, you know that 
um, after 65 or whatever the age is, would you really have enough money to live for the next two decades um, on average after that? Um, your thoughts? So two things. Um, firstly, we are seeing fewer and fewer people actually retiring at 65 completely. You know, what our parents used to do, which is to quit their jobs at 65 and then to sit effectively. Um, very few, I'm seeing fewer and fewer people doing that. So what most people are doing, the trend now, is is for people to, to perhaps have a change in career, you know, after, after retirement to maybe consult or maybe just to work a few days in a week. But very few people now that we're seeing are actually outright quitting or retiring and, and sitting at home. So so that 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 serves to to actually um, assist in, in terms of managing your expenses and, and because you still continue to earn an income. And secondly, um, when we do financial plans for, for our clients, um, we are now projecting to age 100 because we're acknowledging exactly that, that um, we, we are all very likely going to live to see age 100 at minimum right and so what that means is we we are now allocate we're now saying to clients that you if, if you're going to quit or if you're going to to retire completely um at age 65 you've got a good 35 you know odd years of life that need to be funded somehow some way and and these are the consequences of it so if you if you now retire at 65 and you and the money that you've built up is, is going to be X amount. It means you have a shortfall of, of so much which needs, which needs to be made up in, in some way or another. So it gives clients a lot of context um, in terms of how much harder they need to work and how much more money they need to put away um, in order to fund the additional 30 um, odd years of life, you know, beyond retirement. So we're making clients aware that um, you, you, you cannot simply look at retirement as the end. You know, if anything, it's 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 a, a new it's it's a start of a new conversation. Um, it's meant to to get you to start thinking about a different kind of life that you envisage for yourself beyond what you're currently doing at the moment. So that's been us with uh, Gugusi Daki, who is uh, a director and wealth planner at uh, WealthCreed, which is a, a wealth management and financial planning practice, uh, just giving us some insight um, into what uh, the state of uh, wealth um, planning is looking like in South Africa. Uh, she's uh, giving us some insight into what COVID-19 has done um, to people's incomes, but also just talking about some of the practicalities um, of uh, retirement funds, retirement annuities, provident funds, um, explaining the different benefits, risks, uh, some of the tax implications, uh, talking about when is it safe to, when is it time to start and uh, not start, uh, you know, saving uh, for your retirement. And then, you know, towards the end, um, we're also just questioning um, the actual idea of retirement itself and some of the trends that uh, we're seeing out in the world. Also talking about how to improve uh, people's conversations around money and she's saying that it's an emotional issue, it's a difficult issue, but the best thing you can just do is to just start. Google, how can people who might be interested to engage you um, get in touch with you? Sure. Um, they can just simply go to our website, which is www.wealthcreed.com. Um, all our details on there, our contact details, our physical address. Um, we're available to chat to anybody who's willing to, to engage us.
All right, so you heard uh, that is wealthcreed.com. On the other side of this, we continue with the show. Keep it locked. This is the Business Buzz. You're tuned in to the Business Buzz. So with that, we've come to the end of uh, today's show. Thank you so much to everyone who was listening. Thank you to Google for, you know, staying with us and just giving us some insight into wealth planning and talking to us about uh, some of the ways in which people can actually save and invest for retirement. Some of the big things for me, there were two key ones. The first one just being the type of devastation um, that uh, COVID-19 has actually uh, done to people. It was actually quite sad um, to hear that uh, there are people who have been working for a number of years uh, whose retirement funds you know have built up over time but now they've had to tap into that because things are so hard that they need to go into money that they were saving for for in for retirement but now they have to um, then now they have to touch it now um, which is a very sad state of affairs and um, it is an unfortunate reality that a lot of people are faced with but also the other big one was what she was saying you know the discussion we had around having better conversations about money because um, it's still a taboo topic not only in South Africa not only um, in certain communities but it's an emotional issue like she said and the best way to just have these conversations is to just have them like she said and I think there's a lot that can be said about that and Hopefully for the next generation, if this current generation does start having those discussions, we can at least help to ensure that the next generation either gets a head start or are at least better informed about their personal finances um, when the time comes for them to be handling those. These are some of the real conversations that need to be taught um, in school, some of the real lessons that people need to be having. We often hear that there's some deficit in formal education they're not teaching enough how to start businesses etc but just the simple act of teaching people in the home at school uh, maybe in and around our own communities just having more transparent conversations about what money is what it's useful how people make it how you can save how you can invest that will definitely go a long way to at least helping people to be more aware and to be on the right path to actually building wealth so that's been it thank you so much to everyone who was listening and remember that you can keep engaging with us on facebook we have our fmo voice of vits our other facebook page is vits radio academy on Twitter, we're at VARFM, and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. You can also search for us on iono.fm for podcasts, and all our other great content is on vids.journalism.co.za forward slash business. So as we come to the end of the show, thank you to our amazing team. Our technical producer is Kutlano Serame, together with our executive producer, Gloria Mabuza. Our producers, Lin Lem Sibi Ntando Klimba, together with Simbarashe Honde. Don't miss the business bus, same time, same place next week for more insight into the world of business. And make sure you don't turn that down. There's more great content coming up on the VAU FM lineup. So, from myself, Mdio Mob, Justice Kawasa, and the rest of the team, it is Take Care. More justice on the business bus. The business bus podcast.